0: Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm very happy being here today because <clears throat> Harvest is a very special church for us. And I was looking for a special reason because a Harvest is a special church for us. And well, my children, children were not baptized here. Uh, my wedding ceremony was not here. I kept looking for something and then I found something when I shaved my head first time i was member here a associate member you see harvest is a very special church for us <laughs> but it's not only for this we we have true friends i would say uh, family here we must come every year we must come here and see our friends you are our family here in the united states our families uh, i i i mean my relatives they are in brazil so I cannot go to Brazil right now. And you know, for obvious reasons, not only COVID, but we applied for green card, so we cannot leave the country right now. You are our family, so we are happy we are here. Well, harvest was not the first place I preached in English, but it was the third place I preached in English. And I, I think you suffered so much that day. <laughs> so you, your reward in heaven is greater right now. And uh, my family is doing well. Pedro is working. He's uh, working with music. He's a good musician. He's kind of professional. And he works with Plumber, a plumbing company as well. And he enjoys doing that. And Laura is uh, in, in Challenge 3. I am Challenge 1 director. Can you believe that? Well, Harvest is important for us because uh, some members, Betty and uh, presented classical conversations to us. And Legion is actually a support representative of classical conversations in Westchester uh, area in New York. And Davi is in, in Challenge A. So it's been a challenge, as you see. But God has blessed us so much. Nobody had COVID, so you can shake my hand. No problem about that. <laughs> I've been the pastor... Um, at Westchester Orthodox, Presby- Orthodox Presbyterian Church, please pray for our church. We need prayers. We are in the worst place in the United States to be a Christian, maybe in New York area and California. I don't know. But it's been hard. Our church is a small congregation. We have 30 people. But we, we have one good thing about that. We, we could gather our church with no problem because our sanctuary is for 155 people. And they said, you can gather 25% of the capacity. So that was fine. God blessed us with this. And uh, nobody in the church got coronavirus. Praise the Lord. So let's keep, keep working for His glory. Please pray for our church so that we may reach out to people and bring more people to the knowledge of the Lord. Well, today, I'm glad to share with you um, A message from a very interesting passage when I was a boy. This was one of my favorite passages to read. Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9. Please open your Bibles in Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. This passage is very interesting. I I see a chiasm here. Uh, you you can compare verse one with nine. You're gonna see verse one uh, unity of language, and then you're gonna see verse nine diversity of languages. Uh, verse two, you you can see uh, you, geographic geographical unity, but you see verse eight uh, people dispersed. The opposite of of geographical unity. And then verses 3 and 4 you see people disobeying God, and then verses uh, 7 and 8 you see God judging people. And verse 5 is the highest point here, when God comes down to judge the nations. We can see this, this is very usual in Scripture, when God comes down to judge as uh, the Great I Am, as the, 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 the Mighty God. So let's uh, see what God has to us in this passage. First, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us uh, make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And uh, they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. and Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole, world, whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Let me tell you something. There are about uh, 6,000 languages spoken in the world today. And the majority of them can be organized in families uh, such as indo european Saxon, and Anglo-Saxon, where English is located, Latin, where Portuguese is, and uh, Sino-Tibetans, Uto-Aztecs, etc. Even today, scholars uh, who study languages stay fascinated with so much variety and complexity. I'll tell you that I struggled to learn English when I came to the United States in 2014. I'm still struggling to learn English, actually. (laughs) Well, Betty Ann was very important to teach us English, and as soon as she figured out what was going on, I think, I bet you, she thought, raising up eight children is easier. (laughs) And doing homeschool, (laughs) obviously. Well, it was a great job. Legion is speaking English very well. I I, I have a strong accent, accent, but they can understand me. They, they chose me as their pastor in Westchester OPC. That's fine, but it's so hard to learn language, English. For example, why can I give her her? How can I give her book to her? But I cannot give his book to his. You, you see, English is something crazy sometimes. Um, I am pleased to to learn these pleasurable variations. Well, I'm not. And I gave up on trying to understand the logic of English prepositions. I gave up on this. Sometimes I get discouraged. And I I can understand the grammar rules. Please, bring rules. I love rules. I have no problem about rules. I hate exceptions. Rules make our learning process easier. However, I can't bear the great number of exceptions when I ask an English speaker, why do you speak like this? I hate when everybody answers, I don't know. It sounds good. (laughs) Okay, some things sound good for me, but they are wrong. Then I, I said to myself, okay, let me try this. Let me translate from Portuguese, and it didn't work. For example, would you understand if I tell you that uh, so-and-so gave, on, uh, gave one of armless John? Do you understand that? No, this is, it doesn't make sense. We say this in Portuguese, and it makes sense. <laughs> Arrive for there. You would never say things like this, but we say this in Portuguese, so I cannot simply translate from Portuguese to English. It doesn't make sense. Well, now you see that it's a hard thing to learn English. I started learning English when I paid attention to the way you speak things, because I cannot translate from Portuguese. There is no magical formula. That's why many Brazilians live in the United States for 20 and 30 years, and they still cannot speak English. However, There is one thing at least we can understand about languages. The multiplicity of languages is due to a supernatural work God performed in the past. This is clear from this passage in Genesis 11. The key verse in this passage is verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. So God judged all mankind at that time, descended from, from the same family, uh, Noah, but God judged them at that day, and, and uh, by making different languages to search, why did he confuse people's communication? Well, let's see. So first, together to disobey. According to verse 1, there was only one language on earth. The verse 1 says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. This was natural because all mankind uh, at that time came from the same family, the sons of Noah. They were relatively close to the flood, so it was easy to keep the same language. Thus, mankind was united around the same language. According to verse 1, this is very clear. They were also united geographically, verse 2 says. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. So according to this verse, they departed from the region where the ark stood after the flood, the Mount Ararat, They went to the east, arriving in a very fertile and well-irrigated region by the the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, a plain in the the land of Shinar, and they settled there. So far, so good. The problem comes up in verses 3 and 4. And they said to one another, Come, let, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. They put a very weird plan into practice. They decided to build up a town with with a a tower so high that you would reach the heavens. The inhabitants of that town made bricks thoroughly baked so that they would be more resistant and used asphalt as mortar to to hold all the bricks together. Their goals were clear in verse 4. First, they wanted to reach heaven by themselves. Second, They wanted to make their name famous. And third, they didn't want to be scattered uh, throughout the earth. So let's consider each uh, of these um, goals. First, they wanted to reach heaven by themselves. Well, this has been uh, a dream of everybody ever since the fall. The great temptation the serpent had thrown at Eve was, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, the serpent said, you'll be God's. You'll reach heaven. And we know that uh, they were reaching the abyss instead. Today, we see many people going the same way, not because uh, they build high towers in New York City or Chicago, no. But because they want to go to heaven by their own efforts, they still think that their good works will be sufficient to to head them to heaven. Spiritualists, Muslims, Catholics, Roman Catholics, Hindus, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons and Buddhists believe all their works will be measured as on a scale. All the good things they do goes on the plate of good works. And all evil things they do go on the plate of evil, evil works. If this scale hangs on the plate of good, then they will go to a good place after death. However, if this scale hangs on the plate of evil works, then they will go to a bad place after death. They believe something like that. Only true Christianity relies on the grace of God. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Nobody, nobody can go to the Father as redeemed except through the grace that is in Jesus. Only in Jesus we can go to heaven. The second goal was to make their name famous. I never wanted to be famous. When I was a boy, I wanted to be a soccer player. <laughs> well, if I had grew, grown up in the United States, I would uh, have a, 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 had, had a dream of, of being maybe a football player or a baseball player, something like that because they are famous. We want to be famous. Who doesn't want uh, an honored name of a good memory? We get sad when somebody uses our ideas, our words, gets an advantage from it and, and doesn't credit us. If you quote a book and don't make it clear with quotes and, and a footnote, It will look like uh, you are the author, but you are not. So you make an unlawful use of the name of the author. This is plagiarism. Whoever tries to promote his own name will be tempted in many different ways. See how dangerous this is. Many teenagers embrace a worldly life to be popular in their school. This is so dangerous because some of them just give up on the gospel just to be popular in school. And they do whatever wrong uh, his friends do just to be popular. The Bible tells us that God is the one to make our name through his grace. God promised to Abraham, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. Look at this. God said to Hebron, I will make your name great. Having a name made by God is, is what really matters. See what happens when God makes our name great. Revelation two seventeen says, To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. This uh, name uh, written on a white stone is uh, written on a white stone is, is a, a perennial holiness. This is good. This is uh, what having a great name mean, means. Revelation 3, 5 also says, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I uh, I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Look at this. A name confessed before the Father is really a name made great, isn't it? The third goal was not, uh, to be, was not to be scattered throughout the earth. This was the third goal, not to be sca- scattered throughout the earth. This was, this was a, a clear disobedience to God. The Lord had commanded before, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Genesis 1.28 So this commandment was repeated to Noah and his sons after the flood. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis 9 verse 1. After reading these two verses, we see that their effort not to be scattered was a very bad decision. They were disobeying God. They were united to disobey God. They were deliberately, uh, deliberately disobeying God. Obviously, we cannot think that God would remain inactive if we decide to disobey Him deliberately. In Hebrews ten twenty six through 27, it's written, for if, if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Look at this. This is very serious. Thus, if you are sinning, even knowing that you are doing a wrong thing, repent as soon as you can. Repent today. Today is the opportunity for repentance. Confess your sins to the Lord and abandon the wrongdoings. For God is a consuming fire and it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The Word says this. Obviously, we must obey God because we love Him. Not only because we fear Him. Obviously, we fear God. And it uh, motivates us to obey, but we must obey God because we love Him. Second, together to judge. Well, they were together to disobey, but God was, uh, the the triune, God was together to judge. One of the most uh, repeated truths in the Bible is that God will judge all peoples. Verse 5, which is the climax of this passage, confirms this truth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. Uh, of course, uh, verse 5 is not teaching that God needs to come down. Otherwise, he would never know what's happening on earth. <laughs> no, the purpose of the author here in this passage was to show that God visits the earth with justice. As a judge, he visits uh, the earth. Our Lord beholds from heaven all the absurd things men do on earth. He knows all the intentions of men. Psalm two four says, "He who sits in the heavens laughs." The Lord holds them in derision, and Genesis eleven five says the same as David in Psalm thirty three ten. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. He judges all nations because the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Proverbs 15:3. Verse 6 teaches us that God analyzed that situation precisely, just as he does regarding our daily lives. God saw that the people in that city were united in space and language, God said. Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. In other words, God was saying, they won't stop. (laughs) They will keep doing that. They were united to do wrong things. They were not putting a limit to their craziness. It's always like this when we think the evilness of people has no limits. God prevents them from going further. Sometimes using the gospel, changing people's hearts. Sometimes using his judgments. But God reigns anyway. God reigns. Thus God limited in a very curious way the bad actions of those people who were building that tower. As we see in verse 7. He broke their communication. Come, said the triune God, let us go down. Look at the plural. This is the triune God revealed in the Old Testament. So let us go down and dare confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the the three persons of Trinity were together to carry out God's judgment. Together, to judge it is not uh, by chance that God says, let us go down. It's not by chance. There is a purpose. As in Genesis 1.26, the plural is an indication that there is a plurality plurality uh, of three persons in the Godhead. Now I have a question. Um, how many of you work with construction here? No one of you. Okay, you broke my legs no problem. Uh, she works with construction. Well, in Connecticut, uh, we, we, we met a lot of people who work in construction, I would tell you. A construction, construction cannot go on with, no, uh, with a broken communication. Can a construction project go ahead if the builders involved do not understand each other? Absolutely not. So with this supernatural intervention, the triune God frustrated those people. He frustrated them in their desire to to reach heaven through their own efforts. So, never trust in your good works. Never. How many works would be necessary to save you? How many? 300? 100,000 good works? Maybe five hundred thousand good works? Absolutely. So God frustrated their desire to reach heaven by themselves, by their own works. Truly, the attempt to be saved by works is as ridiculous as building a tower with its top in heaven. <laughs> God frustrated those people who tried to make a name for, for themselves. Instead, their biography was uh, attained by their inability to finish a building to finish building a tower. The best they could do was get involved in the biggest mess ever seen before and after. <laughs> that was a great mess. And God finally frustrated that desire to not be scattered throughout the earth. What those people feared most happened. They were finally dispersed across the earth. Verses 8 and 9 say, So the Lord dispersed them from from there over the face of all the earth. And they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. (laughs) They were fearing this and this happened. God frustrated their desire not to be scattered throughout the earth. And today the global trend is also to focus on groups organized in search of strength and celebrity the European European Union, the Organization of American States, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, MERCOSUR, the Free Trade Area of Americas, and the United Nations itself, are attempts by nations to gather in search of strength. No sense. The Lord is in charge. They can get together, they can do business, they can do whatever they can. God is in charge, and and this is an absolute truth. It won't be changed. God reigns. He can break these organizations anytime it pleases Him. He can make them a Babel, that is a mess, a great confusion, which is the meaning of the name Babel because he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And the third, another tower. Another tower, pastor? I see just one tower in this passage. Well, I'm going to show you another tower in the Bible. So to finish this message, let me just show something very special to you. There is another tower in contrast uh, with the Tower of Babel. Uh, There are some, uh, some people told me uh, Babel, some people say Babel, I don't know. Dale, how do you say? Babel? Okay, it's the way Michiganders say. The tower of Jacob is the other tower I would like to show to you this night. The tower of Jacob. In Genesis 28, 10 through 12, we can see the narrative about this tower. You know the story. Jacob deceived Isaac, who was about to give the benediction to the firstborn Esau. And Jacob followed Rebekah's plot and dressed up like Esau and gave savory food to his father and was blessed by him instead. Then, fearing Esau's vengeance, he secretly flew. The Bible tells us that uh, Jacob left Beersheba. Now I'm reading the Bible, Genesis 28:10 uh, through 12. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So, according to Jacob's dream, God himself provided a tower that reached heaven. This tower is a ladder. It indicates direct access, access to God. Jacob saw a tower, a ladder, and the angels went up and down it on it. And in John: 151, Jesus said, "Truly, truly, I say to you, you'll see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the ladder, on the Son of Man." Jesus Christ is the ladder. Jesus Christ is the tower that brings us directly to the presence of the Holy God. Christ brings us to heaven. There is no other way. Your works will never lead you to God. Jesus is the way. He is the tower that guarantees our access to heaven. Jesus also said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The redemptive works of Jesus Christ were so powerful that He was able to reverse the mess that took place in Babel. If in the the Tower of Babel the languages were divided and people scattered abroad, in the Gospel of Christ, the barrier of communication was broken, and people from everywhere from different nations are gathered as one flock under the same shepherd, Jesus Christ. The great sign that the mass of Babel was reversed is in Acts chapter two, verses one through four. As the Spirit gave them utterance. In Babel, God dispersed the nations from one place throughout the surface of the earth. From from one tongue to many tongues, from unity to confusion. But in Christ, God brought people from many different tongues and nations—from Brazil, from the United States, from Malawi, Israel, England, from Japan, from Australia—in all times and places—to be under His uh, redemptive work. He is our Shepherd. He is our Pastor, and we are flock of this. We, we are sheep of this flock. From many different areas, different cultures, we were uh, gathered under the same Savior. We were made only one people, the people of God, who worship in spirit and in truth. By saying, blessed be the Lamb, the Root of David, blessed be His Holy Name, Christ Jesus, present here in our midst. Amen. I forgot bringing my, my bulletin. That's why I, I was, uh, there that, that was a mess. Okay, Babel was a mess, so this is a, just a small mess compared to Babel. Okay, um, so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you, Lord, for this opportunity of worshiping you, Lord. When we we were apart from each other, Lord, we we were not complete. And now, Lord, we can see our brothers and sisters. We can uh, Get together. We, we can worship you, Lord. We can sing together. This is in our nature, Lord, to be together in, in true fellowship, to worship you. So we praise you, Lord, for this congregation gathered here now and for, for uh, our brothers and sisters who, who are outside. They are outside worshiping you the same way, Lord. And, and so many people who are worshiping you, Lord, in their homes. Using our, this streaming, Lord, we praise you for that. We thank you, Lord, for this capacity we have to, this ability to communicate, Lord, using internet and these, these new resources we have available uh, to us. We thank you for this, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for this passage in Genesis 11. Thank you, Lord, for this passage teaches us. Uh, that we must fear you, Lord. We must trust in you, and not in our good works. Our good works would, will never, Lord, be enough to save us. We must trust in you, Lord, in Jesus Christ alone. He died on the cross. He fulfilled your law. He obeyed your commandments, and his righteousness was attributed to us when we believed. So thank you, Lord, for this powerful Savior we have, Jesus Christ, your Holy Son. And Lord... We pray that those who uh, heard this message and those who will hear, Lord, uh, this message, that they may uh, fear you, Lord, and, and trust in you that you are the ruler of the universe. They must obey you, Lord, and not be disobedient uh, like those people who lived uh, in, in that situation in Babel. Oh, Lord, give us fear, the fear that... Uh, Motivates us, Lord, to obey your commandments. To be like Jesus. So that, Lord, uh, the true knowledge, righteousness, and holiness be restored in us, Lord, daily. So that we may reflect perfectly your holy image. Lord, we pray for Harvest OPC that would bless this congregation, Lord. So that they may spread out this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wherever they go, use them, Lord, to show that uh, those people in Babel, they, they made a mess. But in Jesus Christ, we, we have uh, the true unity under one Savior, one God, one Spirit. So we praise you, Lord, for your church. And we pray that would bless this church, Lord, and, and, and use them uh, to reach out to others and bring them, uh, to join them to worship you in spirit in, in truth. Bless Pastor Dale, uh, all the, the, the pastoral team of this church, the elders, the deacons. Bless, Lord, them as they lead the congregation and, and give them, Lord, a, a, a servant's heart so that they may serve you with love and dedication. And, Lord, we pray that Jesus Christ will come soon. We are tired, Lord, of this world. This, this world is a, is a mess, Lord, and we need jesus christ coming back coming again with power and glory we want to be with him and we we praise you for all things even this coronavirus outbreak we pray that it would end this pandemic but in one sense lord we we thank you because it helps us to long for the day when we will be with jesus because if everything here, Lord, is comfortable and good and 100%, we wouldn't like to go to heaven. So thank you, Lord, for uh, sad moments, uh, difficulties. They are important in our lives so that we may long for, for the second coming of Jesus. So, Lord, revive this notion in, in every heart in this church that they may love the second coming of Jesus and long for this with their hearts, for your glory. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Let's sing a song of, of response. You alone can rescue, and then uh, you'll have the benediction.